0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. That is so true, Lord. There's so many people in this world that have tried everything but you. And they can't even come close. Whether it's a doctor, of psychology, whether it's drug treatment, whether it's the police trying to keep people in the straight and narrow, but nothing comes close to you. You keep them in the straight and narrow just because they are known by your name. And your Holy Spirit convicts them concerning their sin and righteousness and judgment. Convicts them so that the Spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the Spirit so that the flesh doesn't do what it wants to do. It does what you want us to do. Oh, Lord, nothing comes close to you. There is nothing in this world. I was just talking about, with someone today about this, Lord, and they were saying the same thing, people chasing around after money and dollar bills and marriages and careers, and they forget about their eternity. And you have that to offer, something man can't offer, an eternity with you in the kingdom of heaven. Now, if we think this place is beautiful, that you created the mountains, the streams, the valleys, the rivers, the lakes, I can't compare it to your kingdom because your word tells us that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor is it ever conceived in the minds of men all that you have prepared for those of us who love you those of us that fell in love with your son Jesus Christ as he came to die and pay the penalty for our sins so that we could have righteousness and enter your kingdom in his name. Because sin was not in him, sin came upon him, my sin, the sins of the world for those that choose to accept it. And as they do, they are saying, the, for the blood of Jesus Christ is precious, and I accept it, and it cleanses me from all of my unrighteousness. Oh, Lord, how you have demonstrated your love towards all mankind. Even while we were sinners, you died for us. No one comes close to you. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. I'm glad you're here tonight. We're studying in Genesis, as I said earlier. Um, It's amazing. We're teaching in Genesis on Thursday nights. We're in chapter 35 tonight. And on Sunday morning, we're in Matthew. And it's amazing how they interact. You'll be, you'll be seeing that, how the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ is just woven all the way through the Scriptures. It's, it's utterly amazing. No one could even come close to God. This book is thousands of years old. It's the best-selling in all of history. Man can't even keep up with the printing on it of the Bible every day. The best-selling book of all times. Some people buy it and just sit it on their shelf and other people actually read it. And other people actually study it. And other people actually go around and preach what it says to preach. It's amazing. It's amazing how God has this all put together. 16, let's see, 100, and so many people. 40 people from different walks of life, some kings, some paupers, some prophets, throughout. Thousands of years, all agreeing on the same thing. And most of them didn't even know one another. They weren't contemporary. Some were, very few. It's amazing how this book is um, prevalent for all times. The people say it's, it's old-fashioned. It ain't old-fashioned. The world's trying to catch up to this book. It's amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, we are in chapter 35 here tonight. And uh, we're going to read it. It does cross over. I'm going to tie it to the New Testament a little bit. I hope as we as we move along. Um, I named this uh, the title of this tonight: Jacob's Ingredients for a Revival. Revival. Jacob's Ingredients for a Revival. And we're going to see that in the first eight verses of of the Genesis 35. And, of course, there's more in this chapter that we'll move on to. And we're going to see how it connects to Acts chapter 17. We're going to see how it connects to Matthew chapter 3. It's, It's amazing. The recipe, the ingredients for revival coming from Jacob's life. Now, we have the three patriarchs, as you well know, of the Bible is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're going to see that we just saw in the last couple chapters that God changed his name from Jacob, you know, the subplanter, the deceiver, to Israel, which means governed by God. And actually, we're going to see both names here today in this chapter, the name Jacob, and God's going to remind him, you're no longer called Jacob, remember? Remember when we wrestled and I gave you a new name? You know, your name's going to be Israel, governed by God. And we're going to see Jacob take his first steps towards revival in his own life. Because he's was, uh, as we would say in the New Testament times, you know, he was born again of the Spirit. Not that the Spirit was alive like we see him today in our lives. You know, he's in us. But the Spirit was alive, you know, back then and actually convicting people of sin and and leading them into righteousness. And we're going to see Jacob start to what, what he had done receiving Christ and wrestling with God. And every one of us, I gave you a picture a while back, that every one of us wrestled with God. If you're a believer, probably just before you were... Or being saved, you were wrestling. Does God exist or he doesn't exist? Is he true? Is he dead or is he alive? You were wrestling in your spirit and in your inner man to find out if if this if he was if there is a God. So you too were wrestling with God. I know I wrestled with him. Took me weeks or months, I don't even know how long it does before before I finally, you know, surrendered. I tried to lead other people to Christ so I could follow them. I didn't even know Christ myself. And then God says, no, I want you to come first. Revival always starts with you. And starting here tonight with Jacob, as he had faced and even wrestled with, a, with a, the angel of the Lord, which was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to see this tonight, every one of us have wrestled with God and if you're still wrestling with God if you're out there over the internet I want to remind you you might as well surrender now (laughs) because he's going to, you know the one book was written or a big poem was written, it's called The Hound of Heaven, God's going to hound you and hound you and hound you until you deliberately, by the time you draw your last breath, deliberately blaspheme him and not receive the precious blood that he shed for you. By the way, before we move on, everybody online, this is Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. Our website is freedomchurchpb.org. Freedomchurchpb.org. If you're local in Palm Beach County, we're on High Paluxo Road, halfway between I 95 and West to Congress, about a half a mile on the north side of the road. So come and see us, because we preach the full gospel here. We don't mess around. I'm not tickling your ears to make you come so that you can, you can uh, fill the church or, or give a bunch of money. I want you to know Jesus and know him personally so that you can enter the kingdom of heaven when, when you pass on to, to the future. So that's who we are. You can go to our web, freedomchurchpb.org, freedomchurchpb.org. You can tune in every Thursday night at 7.15, every Sunday at 10 a.m. And if you're a man local, Sunday, every Saturday 9 a.m., we have a Bible study. So come on by. 2810 High Paluxo Road. Okay, let's read in Genesis chapter um, 35. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Then God said to Jacob, remember the name, and you can look at it in the first eight verses as I read, Jacob's ingredients for revival to his family and to his his, uh, clan, okay? God said to Jacob, arise and go to Bethel and live there and make an altar there to God and a who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Remember, he fled from from Esau 20 years prior and went to Pandanaram, okay? And he's coming back home after 20 years. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away your foreign gods. ...which are among you, and purify yourselves, and change your garments, and let us arise, and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me ever wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods, which they had, and their rings, which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which is at Shechem. And they journeyed there, and as they journeyed there was a great terror among the cities which were around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, and all the people who were with him. He built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because their God had... Revealed to him when he fled from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. It was named Alon Kaboth. Jacob. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Pandan and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel. And God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. And kings shall come forth from you. The land which I give to you, I gave to Abraham and to Isaac, I give it to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. So Jacob named the place where God had spoken to him Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was no, was still some distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth, and she suffered severe labor. When she was in severe labor the midwife said to her do not fear for now you have another son it came about as her soul was departing for she died that she named him ben omi oni but his father named him benjamin rachel died and was buried on the way to ephrath that is bethlehem jacob set up a pillar over her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent among the towers of Eder. It came about while Israel was dwelling in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now there were twelve sons of Jacob, the sons of Levi were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, then Simeon and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin, and the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maid, Dan and Nathali, and the sons of Zilpha, Leah's maid, Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Pandam-Aram. Jacob came to his father, Isaac at Marni of Carabath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. So the days of Isaac were 180 years. Isaac breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people, an old man of ripe age, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. That's pretty pretty, uh, there's a lot of information in that chapter. We could probably spend a couple weeks there, but we're not going to, because I think it's important to see some of the issues that we, we need to hear today in the Christian church, and that is the ingredients for revival. And Jacob actually began to apply them after he was just born again if you want to call it born again in the Old Testament, he began to realize that God is God. The God of Israel is the God of all creation. He finally got that driven home to him when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, who, as I said before, was a Christophany. It was a pre-incarnate picture of Jesus Christ who wrestled with Jacob. And Jacob prevailed, if you remember right. Jacob prevailed. You know what? I, I come to myself and say Jesus had to let him, w- let him win, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because he's God. He's all-powerful. Even the name of Jesus takes down forces of darkness. In the name of Jesus heals the sick and raises the dead. So I know that he obviously, you know, let Jacob hold them down. It's kind of like you playing um, chess with your kids, you know? Let them almost win, but don't let them win. Well, he wanted to get his attention. And then, of course, he struck him on the hip and he limped for the rest of his life. Just like Paul had the thorn in his flesh. You know, it reminded him of that road into Damascus and that hip displacement reminded Jacob of that wrestling with the Lord himself. And he even asked the angel what his name was and the angel didn't want to give him his name. He said, and then Jacob realized, he said, You know, I have seen God face to face, and I'm not dead. He wrestled with Jesus, the pre-incarnate period of Christ. Not God and and all of his manifested glory, or you'd be snuffed out in the twinkling of an eye. Jacob's name was changed there, and, and the Lord told him, the angel of the Lord told him, he says, your name is no longer Jacob, it is Israel. We've gone a couple chapters since then, and he's still going by the name of Jacob. Until now, tonight, God reminds him, your name's not Jacob anymore. You were changed. I have a feeling, my name is Joseph. I have a feeling when I was born again, I was renamed in the kingdom of heaven. And even Revelation, the one of the churches in Revelation, say that we're going to get a new name. We're going to get a new name. And I don't know what that name will be. Jacob's name was changed from deceiver to governed by God. I hope something like that is going to be my name. You know, something about God, something good about God. Everything about God's good, as you well know. Here's Jacob. He said in verse 2, about halfway through it, Jacob said to his household, And to all who are with him, put away your foreign gods. That's the message here tonight to you. That's ingredient number one. Put away your foreign gods. You know, if you're addicted to alcohol, get rid of it. If you're addicted to tobacco, get rid of it. If you're addicted to crack, get rid of it. Put away your foreign gods. If you're addicted to money, put it away. Your money isn't going to buy you a seat in heaven. Whatever it is, whatever takes you away from serving the living God, that is an idol to you. He's telling them, purify yourselves. Put away your foreign gods, number one. If you went to, if I called that point number one would be repentance. Just what we talked about on Sunday. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through uh, 10. Repent, church. Repent. Put away your foreign gods. That's, what's, that's what Jacob is saying. Get rid of those idols. You're going to find out that they... Well, you, you heard me read it. They took off the earrings that they were in their ear. Probably those things that were dedicated to those idols. And they put them in a pile. And they gave all their idols. It doesn't say anybody held them back. I have a feeling if somebody somebody held them back, it would have been recorded in the Bible, just like Achan. Remember when they went into uh, Ai or Jericho? No, Jericho. He he t- took some stuff and buried it in his tent, even though he was told not to. But God pointed it out. I think that if 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 these servants of Jacob hid their idols, it would have been recorded in the book. So they actually took off they took all their idols, whatever they were. Remember Rachel. She took the idols of her father, and remember, she you know, um, Laban, her dad was was looking for the idols and he couldn't find them. And Rachel pretended, or maybe she was, in the time of the month for the woman, and she wouldn't get up off her her uh, saddle. And of course, Laban passed it up, trusting the word of his wife, of his daughter Rachel. So, what did what did Rachel do? I obviously she took those idols and put them in the pile and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Okay? Now I always wonder because the Bible says, you know, in, in the Mos- in the by the Mosaic law we're to burn it and crush them to powder. Now Jacob don't forget the Mosaic law wasn't written yet. I I wish Jacob would have burned them and crushed them to powder, but it doesn't say that here. He hid them. That's an opportunity for somebody else to dig them up and find them and begin to worship them again. But number one, church. Jacob's ingredients for revival. Put away your foreign gods. Get rid of your drugs, your alcohol, your lying, your stealing, your taking of the Lord's name in vain. Repent. And repent goes farther than that, you know. It's talking about doing it about face and and it means you repent. That means you forsake it. Forsake it. That means you turn away from it. You don't want to do it anymore. Sometimes when you're addicted, you you might fall back into it, but you got to get out of it right away. Ask God for deliverance, and if you know, and He He will deliver you. It might take a week. Might take a minute. It might take a year, but He will begin to work with you as you try to. Uh, as you repent and forsake that sin. Number two, in verse uh, two also, he says, purify yourselves. So there's ingredient number two. Purify yourselves. That means confess your sins. Confess your sins. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, says 1 John 1 9. So you have to confess your sins. You have to, when you confess, you're actually you're actually confessing your sins. You're actually telling God that you agree with Him. You are a sinner, and you want to be freed from that sin, the penalty of that sin. You're actually saying that to Him. So that's ingredient number two confession. Ingredient number three is also in verse two. Change your garments. Exchange your unrighteousness for Jesus' righteousness. Exchange your unrighteousness for Jesus' righteousness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10. Isaiah 6-1, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself... With a garland and a bride adorns herself with jewels. See, Isaiah is telling you that you're going to exchange your unrighteousness for his righteousness, his righteous robe for your unrighteousness, for those of you who believe in the Lord. So, the ingredients for revival so far repent and forsake, confess. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth man confesses, and with the heart he's saved unto salvation. And number three says, change your garments. Let us arise and go to Bethel. Change your garments. Turn around. Go the other direction. You know, you just changed your garlands, garments, those of you who believe in the Lord. You exchanged, as I said, your unrighteousness for his righteousness. And when you accepted him and his sacrifice on the cross, he clothed you with his righteousness. And now when God looks down upon you or sniffs the aroma of, uh, of uh, your aroma, he actually smells the aroma of his son Jesus. And he begins to nurse you and train you to serve the king of kings. God, and It says, arise, let us arise. And what does Matthew 28, 6 say? I'm going to pull it up here. Matthew 28, verse 6. I preached on this over the, the last holiday. I think it was Easter, Resurrection Sunday, I call it. In verse 28, the angels said this, He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. And then he says, the angels say, Come and see the place where he was lying, and go and tell. So that's what this is about. The, the ingredients for revival, let us arise, go, come and see, and go and tell that Jesus is alive and well. That's the message that's the in, one another ingredient for revival come and see for those of you out there that don't believe Jesus is Christ his lord test him call upon him and see if he doesn't save you trust him in that test him call upon the lord confess your sins because that sin he that prayer god will always hear the prayer of confession or repentance. He will always hear that prayer. Some people that don't know God, you might not like this. God, you can pray to God, and He may answer your prayer, but He doesn't have to. He does so out of His mercy and His grace. And believe me, I was recipient of that many times over my life because I didn't know God, but I prayed for His mercy and His grace, and Praise God. He showed it to me. And that's what they're saying here. If you don't believe this, come and see. Read your Bible. Call upon the Lord and see if he doesn't save you. And then after you know that he saved you, you go and tell the world. Because once you're a believer in Christ, you have to tell somebody. You have the antidote to keep somebody out of hell's fire. Hell is a long... I was down here praying today. And I said, Lord, hell, I mean, eternity is a long time to be in hell. I don't care who you are and how wicked you are. God doesn't want you in hell. That place was prepared for the devil and his angels who rejected him. And that place was prepared for them because they saw him face to face. Even the demon, remember the demoniac at and, and Legion? He, he said, I know who you are. You're the Son of God. Listen, you see, demons know who Jesus is. Jesus had to command them to be quiet because they revealed who he was. Why did they reveal who he was? Because they saw him. They were at once holy angels. And they rejected him, and therefore it is no repentance if you have Blessed is he who has not seen and yet believe. Blessed is he who has not seen and yet believed. That's what Jesus said. These saw and they rejected. We haven't seen and we have accepted and we're saved by grace. So Jacob's ingredients number one, repentance, forsaking your sin, confessing your sins, agreeing with God that you're a sinner and then and then going and telling after you came and saw and found out for yourself. With an open heart, you get an open Bible and you begin to read and call upon the name of the Lord. I know people who, who said, you know, Lord, if you're really alive, make this come alive to me. And, you know, they'd sit down and they'd, they used to say nonsense before. Then they start reading it because they had an open heart. They want to find out for sure. They start reading it and all of a sudden they're believing every word. Because now they opened themselves up, and they've gave, gave God a chance. If you're there, God, show you, show me, show me, and He will show you. He will. Okay. So number one, confess your sins, forsake your sins. Number two, um, return. I mean, uh, number one, repent, forsake. Number two, confess. Number three. Let us arise and go and tell. And number four comes out of verse three. Then let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in all the way which I have gone. We're talking here, really, about producing fruits of your righteousness. Really. Make an altar. And tell God, these are now yours. I'm giving you, I want the fruits of of my life to show. To make an altar before you. In other words, I'm going to serve you, God. Give me the fruit. Like John the Baptist said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee? And then he said, prayer forth Bring forth fruits of righteousness. And believe me, if you have repented and you have confessed your sins and you arose and followed after Jesus, you should be showing fruits of righteousness. And that means joy, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and a whole bunch of other things. Galatians 5.22 will tell you that. And Galatians 5.23 will tell you the things you don't want to To do, because that's bad fruit. It's sour grapes. And then he says, he made an altar, and then he says, you know, um, remember, he begins to remember God had answered him. Then let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress. Jacob's recalling of prior victory. He said, listen, I left, I left my home with Esau fleeing to kill me, and I went to Pandan Aram for 20 years. I'm on my way back. I asked God to deliver me from the hand of Esau, and he did. You saw that in the last chapter. He did. He delivered him. Esau came up to him with 400 men, and instead of slaughtering Jacob's entire clan, he hugged them and kissed them on the neck, and they cried together. God answered him. 20 years. 20 years. Can you hold on for an answer for 20 years? That's faith. And that's what God saw in Jacob. Faith. Faith. He answered him. Remember? 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 David when he ran into trouble king David he recalled his prior victories he recalled his slingshot and the and taking goliath down and beheading him you know daniel daniel remembered prior victories when he sat in the lions den and knew that an angel shut the mouth of these hungry lions and it was shadrach meshach and abednego who who knew that God delivered them in the fire that they were in. You've got to recall your prior victories. You've been a Christian for X amount of years. Recall the prior victories. Recall back, you backslidden Christians. Recall that time when you were once an alcoholic and now you're not. Recall that God delivered you from the crack cocaine that you were smoking. Recall the times when you used to Cuss the name of the Lord in vain and, and remember that you don't do that now you got to remember these things Jehoshaphat remembered that, that God answered him and when uh came against Hezekiah you know he just laid the leather before the Lord and the Lord took care of the battle one angel slaughtered 185,000 Assyrian troops you got to recall your prior victories i look back and i say you know it took 19 years to for my dad to get saved and i look back at some of my children that aren't that aren't following after the lord and i say if he saved my dad just like he said 19 years ago he can save my children 19 years from now i can remember that prior victory and hold on to it for the future victory that I'm going to have. Cause I can all my children accepted the Lord and were baptized in the church, and none of them go to church today. But you know what? I might be dead, but by the time they end their life, since I trained up the kids in the Lord the way that they should go, when they are old they will not depart. They will come back to the Lord. That's a confession and if I live long enough to see it, I will be telling you from this pulpit. Got to hang on to those victories. Jehoshaphat said, hey, Lord, these armies coming against us are too much for us. What are we going to do? And the Lord told Jehoshaphat, I think it's Second Chronicles 18 or 20. I believe it's 20. And God says, you don't even have to go to battle. He says, you just go over there and, and you stand and, and you watch the salvation I bring. And all these armies that come against Israel were began fighting against one another until they were all dead and lay on the ground. You know what? I have a feeling that as Jehoshaphat, one of the most godly kings in Israel, as he as he finished out his his uh, walk in Israel as king, I'll bet you he remembered that day. And I'll bet you he remembered, hey, I took the, the praise band, who usually was in the last position. I put them up front, and I put the soldiers in back. That's how much faith he had. Can you imagine some of the Israelite worshipers? They're saying, this king's crazy, man. <laughs> this king's crazy. No. He had a calling from God, and he was following the Lord because the Lord told him what to do. Even if it sounds ridiculous, whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it do it and make sure it's the Lord because the devil would like to come in there and and snuff you out and tell you a lie be careful so number one Jacob's ingredients for revival out of chapter 35 and verse 1 through 8 of Genesis repent put away your foreign gods confess purify yourselves from your sin number three go and tell let us arise and go to Bethel we'll tell okay then you bring, make an altar, and you bring your f- fruits to God, and then you remember that he answered your prayers. I, I, I mentioned it before. I was just a young kid, stupid. I mean, really stupid. And I sat on that rock in South Vietnam when I was first in the country. I'm homesick. I'm a trained warrior. I'm still homesick looking out over the South China Sea with the stars glowing in the sky, and I called out to God and said, get me out of here alive if you're there. I remembered that prior victory six years later, and that's when I picked up the Bible again. That was a victory when I realized six years later, it took me six years to realize God answered that prayer. I always pray to God, Lord, make me a little bit faster, you know, (laughs) make me a little bit faster so i can i can grasp these things immediately so i don't waste any time and remember these people brought all their idols he said number 1 Put away your foreign gods. They brought all the idols, anything that was dedicated to the to the enemy, to idols. They put it in a pile. They're, they could have had nose rings. They could have had earrings. They could have bracelets and necklaces and and piercings. And they took them off where they were dedicated idols, put them in a pile, and they were buried. Kind of reminds you of of Ephesus when Paul preached, and they brought out all their witchcraft books and put them in a pile and they burned them. Millions of dollars by today's value. Money don't mean a thing in the kingdom of God. That's why he tells us the streets are made of gold. So you can remember that gold in the kingdom of heaven is like dirt, like asphalt. Put away your foreign gods. They actually did it. And here's what, let's go to, um, I'll just pray. Well, you don't have to turn there. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. Let me find that. Verse 20, 30. Therefore, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, that's those times when you don't believe in God. Those are times of ignorance because God has revealed in His creation. You can look at a tree and know that God created it. You can look at a creature and know that God created it. You can look at the sky and the stars and the moon and you can know God created it because the heavens themselves declare the glory of God. So here's what God says. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, you were ignorant at that time, God is now declaring today to men that all men everywhere should repent that's god's wish or his prayer for mankind that they would repent and as i said repent put away your foreign gods and come unto the living god and look at the look at the results look at the results it is um Verses five through eight, and they sojourned, and the terror of God was upon the cities that are all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob, but because they, they, because they put their faith in God, the nations around them were fearing them. Remember, Jacob was worried that they would come and destroy them because of what Reuben and Levi did by killing, killing Haman and his and his son Shechem for raping Dinah last chapter? Jacob thought they were all going to come together and they were going to kill him. And God actually did the opposite. Now the nations are fearing Jacob. And I'm going to tell you what, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and people will fear you. They'll be afraid you try to lead them to Christ and you will. You'll try to lead them to Christ. They fear you. I've had people in this church run out the door as I'm preaching to them. I'm not kidding you, the last landlord was here <laughs> before this new one that just came in. He running out the door. He knew what I was trying to do. He, he had a knowledge of God. He was a God-fearing man. I don't believe he was a Christian. I hope that he would be. But people will run away from you. They'll say, I'm not going to hang out with you, you Jesus freak. You know what? They're fearing you. Do you realize that? They fear you because you have the power of God upon you because you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, said Paul in Romans chapter 116. The enemy will fear you. Isn't that good to know? You're a child of God. The enemy's going to fear you just because you're a child of God, but he's going to make you think that he doesn't. But you have to know better. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness, even in heavenly places. That's, that's just the way it is. They're going to fear you. You have authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing, Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means they can't touch you. Jesus disarmed the enemy at the cross. Now, if you start taking the Lord's name in vain, you're giving the enemy ammunition, and he's going to fire it back at you. It's just the way he is. You gave him ammunition. If you start smoking crack cocaine. You know what? The devil is going to gladly kill you. Or try to kill you. You need to stop and listen to God. you got to submit. He submitted to God. He went to, to Bethel and he set up the altar just like God told him to do. He set up an altar when he came was fleeing from his hometown from Esau, he set up an altar in the same city, Bethel. The same, it wasn't a city. He set up an altar there. Then he set up an altar going to Pandan and Ram, and he set up an altar when he came back. These were points of remembrance that God answered his prayer. At that first altar, he remember I he said, God, you know. Save my life from Esau. And God did. 20 years later, he's coming back. He says, God saved my life from Esau. And God answered it because he looked at a prior victory. And you've got to look to your prior victory and know that God will deliver you from whatever it is that you're going through. And um, verses 7. And he built an altar, verse 7. And he called the place Bel, El Bethel. Well, Bethel actually means God of the house of God. El, remember, is the name of God. And it begins in E-L and it ends in E-L. So it's, it's God the, of the house of God. He's the God of his house, as you well know. Because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. God appeared to him. That was 20 years before. He appeared to him. Okay, and he remembered that. Now, Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died as she was buried below Bethel under the terebinth tree. Okay, Deborah, this is is um, Rachel's nurse. Okay, She she dies, and she's buried on this trip. verses uh, 9 through 15. In verse 10, God reminds Jacob that he has a new name. Reminds Jacob that he has a new name. Let me read it for you. Verse, Verse 10. And God said to him, Jacob, your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. In other words, change your, your name's changed you know it's hard we have uh, a one in the family that changed his first name and every time liz and i see him almost every time we 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 mess up by calling him his old name instead of his new name okay and and that's hard to do and jacob i think is having the same problem his wife's are probably saying you know jacob and then they change her no jacob i'm sorry you know, Israel. Israel. And that's, I think, what's happening. God is saying, do it. Do it. And that's a lesson for me and Liz to start calling this guy, this one uh, family member, by his new name. And we have to remember because he he believes his, his name has changed, and it is. Okay. God reestablishes his covenant here with Jacob in verse 11. And he says, God's actually saying, you know, Um, Verse 11 is God also said to him I am almighty God be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come forth from you the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac I give to you and I will give the land to your descendants after you God's reestablishing his covenant if you remember was land descendants and blessings. Same thing, what he just says here. He's reestablishing his covenant with the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. And Jacob is going to be, and you know Messiah comes from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Okay? And Judah is Jacob's fourth son who gets the birthright. Remember, Simeon laid with Bilhah. We saw it in this chapter. He laid with Bilhah, his dad's concubine, and therefore he committed incense. He isn't worthy of the bloodline. Then Simeon and Levi set up the mass slaughter of Haman and Shechem and, Shechem and his clan and murdered all the men as they were circumcised to intermarry with Israel. They wiped them out and they became mass murderers and they lost their birthright and the next fourth son as we see in this chapter was judah and judah inherits the birthright he's going to be the lion's whelp, said jacob when he died in his blessing and of course messiah comes from the lion of the tribe of judah so the pre promises israel's going to multiply israel's going to produce kings and we know we know that saul was the first king of israel but he was not from judah's line was he remember man picked him because he was tall he was handsome he was built like rocky blier you know or one of those famous people the rock on tv massive they thought surely he's going to do it but he didn't do it. He forsook God. He, he started out right. He ended up wrong. So God took the next one and anointed the next one, which was David, who was from the line of the tribe of Judah. And he was anointed king. And all the kings came from David's line after that. All the kings, the royal line, came through it. So kings came from, from the line of Judah. And Jacob, as you well know. And they will they will inherit the land. And we saw that they were were there for a while during Jesus' time, but now, now in 1948, Israel became a nation again. Draw, God drew them back just like just like the word of God says. But they've only got one far as I'm concerned, about one tenth of the land that God promised them. He promised them all the land as far as they can see. As Moses was up on uh, Mount Sinai, you know, he looked and he says, "As far as you can see north, and as far as you can see east and west, I give this all to you." That includes everywhere from from Mount Sinai by the Dead Sea, or actually south of the Dead Sea, all the way up to.